Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Genesis this evening. Just going to share with you this evening what God gave to me in my quiet time a couple of weeks ago, beginning of the year. Here in Genesis chapter 8, we'll begin here. Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8, verses 1, down to verse number 4. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assayed. And the mountains also of the deep and, of the, wind, and the windows of heaven were stopped. And the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, upon the mountains of Ararat. As I read this passage of Scripture only a couple of weeks ago, as my custom is to begin at the uh, beginning of the Bible in the new year, I was blessed by the little phrase there in verse 1, and God blessed Noah. Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, and God blessed Noah. And I simply asked the question, what does it mean that God blessed Noah? The context here is post-flood. The flood, that is the 40 days and 40 nights, is behind them and uh, the waters are abasing and the ark is resting on the mountains of Ararat. The waters have been receding for some 150 days while Noah and his family are still in the ark. And as the ark rested on the mountains of Ararat, we note this little phrase, and God remembered Noah. The phrase is not referring to God's memory. We, we understand that. God is omniscient. That is, God knows everything. He is all-knowing, nothing surprises God, nothing comes into the mind of God, nothing slips the mind of God. God's knowledge is always in the present. His knowledge is complete. His knowledge is in accord with His eternal and immutable, His unchanging nature. Psalm 69, verse 5, the psalmist said, O God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. Psalm 139, verse 2, David said, Thou knowest my downsitting, mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. So, therefore, I would think that we would all agree this little statement that God remembered Noah is not in reference to God's memory, it's in reference to God's care 
for Noah. That God cared for Noah. God demonstrated his loving care for Noah. And this was such an encouragement to me. My quiet time that morning began here in verse 1 and, and that was the end. <laughs> I didn't get any further. As I was meditating upon the fact that God remembered Noah. God cared for Noah. And as this new year begins, I'd like for us all to take heart that just like God cared for Noah, God cares for you. God cares for me. God will care for you in 2024. Therefore, we can cast our cares upon him. Why? He careth for you. 1 Peter 5, 7. We have all at times shared a concern with an individual only to be disappointed that or feeling like that person doesn't really care. Maybe you've had that experience calling Telstra or Energy Australia. You know what I'm referring to. So we've all experienced that sharing of our concern and yet feeling like, I don't think they really care. But God cares for you. God cares for me. God remembers. Just like God remembered Noah, God took care of Noah. God will take care of you and I. So this evening I'd just like to do just a little brief uh, biographical study on the life of Jonah, ah, Jonah, Noah. Uh, God cared for Jonah as well. <laughs> um, I'd like to just highlight some principles in the life of Noah that remind us of the fact that just like God cared for Noah, God cares for you and I. If you go back to chapter 6, please. Chapter 6, verses 5 to 9. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 to 9. The Bible reads, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repented me that I have made them. But verse 8 reads, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then verse 9 goes on to read, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. 
First and foremost, I'd like for us to note the fact that God's care for Noah was personal. God's care for Noah was personal. In a day of such evil over the face of the earth, the Bible teaches us in verse number 8 that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God said to Noah, I'm going to destroy the world because of its sinfulness. But he promised Noah deliverance. Why? Because Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And there in verse number 9, it talks about Noah was a just man. Noah was an upright man. Noah was a righteous man. Noah was a saved man. Noah was a man that knew God personally. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He experienced God's grace by faith in the one and true and living God. So God's care for Noah was personal and that Noah had a personal relationship with God. And Noah no doubt led his wife and and children uh, to the Lord and, and only eight souls, the Bible teaches us, were spared according to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse number 20. Noah and his family were saved from physical destruction because of their faith in God. 2 Peter 3.9, the Bible teaches us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, God is not willing that you perish, my friend, this evening. If you've yet to receive Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, the judgment of God is coming. For it's appointed that a man wants to die and then the judgment. But God has provided a way of escape. In Noah's day, it was the ark. And unfortunately, only eight souls were saved. It wasn't because they didn't know, because the Bible teaches us in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He not only built a boat, he preached righteousness. He preached judgment to come. He preached deliverance. He preached salvation, but yet nobody wanted to listen. God's care was evident in the life of Noah because Noah was a man that was, uh, that was delivered from judgment. Salvation, my friend, is available to all. Noah was a saved man. He experienced the grace of God in his life. Let me ask you this evening, have you experienced the grace of God in your life? Are you genuinely converted? There in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23, those verses haunt me on a regular basis. Literally haunt me. Because the verses make reference to those that claim to know God. And yet Jesus will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. Are you a Christian? Do you know Jesus Christ is your own personal saviour? May I submit to you that God cares for you. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom you and I are chief sinners. And we are in need of redemption. Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again. And just like Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and just, be, and just like Noah was just before God, you and I can be just before God. Are you a Christian? Do you really know Jesus Christ as Savior? The Bible talks about examining yourself, whether you be in the faith. Listen to me. If you have no desire to love God, if you have no desire to be with God's people, there's a serious question mark as to whether you know God. 
whether you're really a Christian. Do you know Jesus Christ the Saviour? God's care is personal in that he has provided salvation for all mankind. And Noah and family were recipients of that grace. I trust that you are a recipient of that grace. And may you and I never lose sight of our salvation, to be saved from the wrath of God to come. Verse number 9 talks about Noah walked with God. See, Noah was not only a just man, perfect, that is, mature. Noah walked with God. In a day when evil was rampant, we see also that Noah not only had a personal relationship with God, we read that Noah walked with God. Noah had a living, personal relationship with God because he experienced the grace of God in his own personal salvation. And you and I need to understand that biblical Christianity is the opposite of religion. To be religious is to go through motions as a means of trying to gain God's approval. But the Bible teaches us all our works of righteousness are as filthy rags. There's nothing you, can, you and I can do in our own strength and being to warrant the merit of God. So God sent his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and paid in full for sin. His blood was shed, his body was broken. And you and I can experience eternal life. We can be saved from judgment to come and also day by day I can enjoy a relationship with God where God speaks to me from the Word of God just as he did a number of weeks ago. And I just got stuck right there in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 8. And God remembered Noah. And I meditated for the rest of my quiet time how much God cares for me and how much God loves me. See, God's care for you, my friend, is personal. It's personal. God's provided salvation. And you and I have the privilege of walking with God. How is your personal relationship with God? Now is the time to get into a daily routine of spending time with the Lord. And if you do, God gives us the promise, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. There's some good Bibles there in our little bookstore that you can invest in. If you're serious about walking with God, I encourage you, buy a decent study Bible. Have some beautiful King James study Bibles right there in the bookstore. Wonderful, wonderful notes. 98.9% wonderful, okay? Uh, like all study notes. And, uh, and they will encourage you in your Christian walk. So let me encourage you to walk with God. And, and God's care for you and I is evident in eternal salvation. God's uh, care for you and I is evident in the fact that we can walk with God. It's interesting when you think about it, we walk with those that we know. 
don't we? You don't walk with strangers. Most of us wouldn't um, say to a stranger, hey, um, we're walking to the station, I guess, so do you want to walk with me? Now, what do we do? We walk on our own. We, we walk with somebody we know. Noah walked with God. Why? Because he knew God. He knew God. Do you know God? Do you know him? It's interesting that Enoch, in chapter 5, it talks about Enoch that walked with God. And here in chapter 6, Noah walked with God. It's interesting that Enoch was taken out of a world worthy of judgment. He was raptured. A beautiful picture of the New Testament church. He walked with God. But then we read of Noah who also walked with God, but he went through judgment over the world. A lovely picture of Israel, yet safe in the ark of God's care. God's care for Noah was personal. God's care for you and I is personal. Salvation the opportunity to spend time with him. God cares for you and I in a very personal way. If you go back to Genesis chapter 6, note there in verses 13 and 14, I'd like for us to also note this evening as we look at the life of Noah, overall we see that God cared for Noah personally, but also we see that God's care for Noah was evident in the promises that were made to him. Note there in chapter 6, verses 13 and 14, it reads, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Verse 14, Make thee an ark of gopher wood, Room shalt thou make in the ark, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. Now go down to verse 18 and 19, please. Look at this. And with thee I will establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. And every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, thou shalt bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee, and they shall be male and female. God told Noah to build an ark to preserve life, not only his own family that were right before God, but to preserve the life of every kind of land creature and birds of the air. And God promised Noah that his life with his family will be spared. Will be spared. And I'd like to submit to you this evening that another chief way by which God showed his care for Noah, not only was God's care for Noah very personal, God's care for Noah was in the 
form of promises that were made to him and those promises were kept. So Noah built the ark and, uh, and we read that Noah acted upon what God had told him in obedience. Look at chapter 6, verse 22, please. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Note the emphasis there on obedience. So Noah uh, built the ark. He obeys God in preparing for 40 days and 40 nights of rain, of which he is yet to experience. The world is yet to experience, but he chooses to just believe God. So Noah built the ark and Noah collected the food to be eaten while in the ark. But God brought the animals to the ark according to chapter 7, verses 15 to 18, then verses uh, 21 to 22. God brought the animals to the ark and the Bible teaches us that God shut the door of of the ark at the appropriate time. And then we read there in chapter 8 of the waters subsiding, abating. And we read there in verse number 4 that the ark rested upon the mountains of Ararat, which is in modern-day Turkey. And then God gave them permission to leave the ark. Note there in chapter 8, verse 15 and 16, God said unto Noah, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. So in chapter 8, we read of the waters abating, the ark rests upon the mountains of Ararat, and God gave permission for them to leave the ark. And God promised Noah that he will never destroy all living things by a universal flood ever again. Note there in chapter 9, please, verses 13 to 15. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth, and it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud upon the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. Verse 15, And I will remember my covenant. It's interesting that God said, I will remember my promise to you to keep it, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, that the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy, note the wording, all flesh. God never said there would never be flooding. It was st there's still flooding today, is there not? Yes. Water is powerful and can be very destructive. Life-giving, yes, but very destructive. But God promised there'll never be a universal flood ever again. And God said, I put a rainbow in the sky as a reminder to me of my covenant with you that I will do, I will continue to honour what I've said. And to this very day, each time we see a rainbow, it is a wonderful reminder that God keeps his promises. God is true to his word. What God promises, he will do. 
That's worthy of an amen. Whatever God promises, he will do. God cares for you. God cares for me. God cares for us on a very personal level. God will care for you on a very personal level, but also God's care for you and I is evident in the many promises that are found within the pages of Scripture. They're in Titus 1-2, in hope of eternal life, which God promised. God who cannot lie before the, before the beginnings of the earth. God doesn't lie. But God has promised he will keep. God gives us countless promises in Scripture. And this is another way by which God shows his care for you and I. God gives us promises. And just like with Noah, God gave Noah some promises, and God kept those promises. No different for you and I. Note there in Second Peter, quickly, Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. I love these verses. In fact, I love all the Bible, but you know what, I'm, what I mean by that. <laughs> Look at verse 3 and 4. I'll read verse number 3. Let's read together verse number 4. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. The third verse reads, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him, through Christ, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, together whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So there it is. In Christ, we have everything at our disposal to become Christ-like, to be godly. And here in verse number 4, all that God has provided us in Christ are exceeding great and precious promises, plural. Exceeding Great and precious promises. God has given us countless promises in the Scriptures. And this is another way that he shows us that he cares for us. God has given us promises that we can claim. And God will honour those promises. Just like God honoured the promise he made to Noah. Noah, you do what I uh, command you to do. I will spare you and your family and I will spare a remnant of every living thing. And God was true to his word. God uh, protected Noah. God spared his family just like he said. God is not a liar. God is true to what he promises. And this book, the word of God, is full of promises Thousands of promises. That's why we need to read the Bible at least once a year. Yeah. 
Amen? Once a year, four to five chapters a day. Most of you spend more time in the bathroom with the time it takes you to read four to five chapters a day. And you will read through the Word of God once a year and you will touch thousands of promises that God has provided for you and for me because he loves us. He loves us. And last but not least this evening, let's go back to the book of Genesis, chapter 9. Verse number 1, it reads, Genesis 9, 1, And God blessed Noah and his sons, and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea, into your hand are they delivered. Note verse number three, every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. Even as the green herbs have I given you all things. So we see here that God demonstrates his care for Noah. These are just some general principles on the life of Noah. God cared for Noah personally. God demonstrated his care for Noah in giving him promises that he kept for Noah's benefit. Also, we see here God's care for Noah in that he gave Noah purpose. Think about it. The Bible teaches us in chapter 7, verse number 22, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in the dry land died. <laughs> Outside of the ark, it was, there was a deadly silence. And in leaving the ark, Noah was mandated to repopulate the earth and God promised to provide the means to do so in the third verse. What a responsibility. What a challenge. What purpose Noah and his family were given at this time. My friend, all that God creates is with purpose, is it not? We read there in chapter 1, verse 16, that God created two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the sun, the lesser light to rule the night, the moon, and he made the stars also. See, all that God creates, he creates with purpose. And if I recall correctly, the Bible teaches us that we're saved by the grace of God through faith 
not of works. We are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. God has a purpose for you and I. God has a purpose for each of his children. And this is another way by which God shows you and I, I love you, I care for you, for I have created you with purpose. And God said to Noah, Noah, I want you to leave the ark, I want you to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and I will provide you what you need to do what I've called you to do. Purpose. So God showed his care for Noah in giving him a calling. Purpose. And so likewise, God cares for you. God cares for me. There is a purpose for which you and I have been created. I love Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Listen carefully. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the sun. What is your purpose for 2024? It's interesting, the first time the word purpose is mentioned in the Bible is found in the book of Ruth. Chapter 2, verse 16 where Boaz said to his servants, in harvesting, I want you to leave behind handfuls of purpose. I want you to leave behind purposely some unharvest portions of the field so that Ruth can come by and glean as she has need. Wonderful. Purpose. God has a purpose for you and I. God has a purpose for your life. This is one way by which he shows us that he cares for us. Have you been spinning your wheels to date? Reflect on 2023. What occupied your time? What were you doing? Were we in the will of God? Were we about the Father's business? Were we purposeful? We need purpose, don't we? The God of hope has a purpose for your life. We need to work it out and do it. The year is only two weeks old. Thank God for that. These early days, I count the days. I don't know about you. I count the days. I write in my diary what, what I've achieved. Uh, I'm keen as mustard, wanting to seize each day. What's your purpose for 2024? May I warn you, it might be different to what was your purpose for 2023. Might be the same, continue on. Might be God's mandate for you. 
But for some of us, it might be a little bit different. We're to rejoice in the fact that God has purpose for you and I. Are you willing and game enough to pray, Lord, okay, the the year is only two weeks old. God, what is your purpose for me in 2024? I challenge you to pray such a prayer. Show me specifically, God, what is my purpose? We know that God is interested in all of us personally. We know that God has given us many promises that we can cleave unto. But also need to be mindful that God's care for you and I is evident in the fact that he has a purpose for us. In Ephesians 1.11 it talks about according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So God's purpose always harmonizes with the will of God. Whatever the will of God is for you, that's God's purpose for you. It's so complicated. What is it? What is it? I challenge you, church family, to spend a few moments in these early weeks of 2024 and say, Lord, all that you create has been created with purpose. I know I'm no exception. What is your purpose for me this year? Some of you just existed last year. You were walking dead spiritually. I see everything from up here. Some of you were the walking dead of 2023. You were dead men spiritually walking in, walking out of church. And that's it, spiritually. Let's change that in 2024. Amen? And a little warning... Don't be the walking dead in 2024. God has purpose. And God showed his care for Noah and that God gave Noah purpose. Okay? Could you imagine that ark door opening up and Noah looking out and Noah, no doubt, breathing fresh air and yet not a soul in sight. A deadly silence. And God said, Noah, I want you to replenish the earth. I've got a job for you to do. And child of God, God has a job for us. And this is one way by which he shows us that he cares for us. So let me encourage you this evening as God 
warmed my heart on that morning as I read this little phrase, God remembered Noah. By the fact that God cares for you, God cares for me. No matter what will take place this year, God cares. God cares for us personally. God proves his cares with the many promises he's given to us that he will keep. And God demonstrates his care for us and that he has given us all purpose. Purpose for 2024. Let's work it out. Let's fulfill it for God's glory. And all of God's people said, Amen. Let's bow for prayer.